got a very social media Thursday, a beautiful Thursday afternoon here in sunny South Florida. Adam Azer with Michael Herkham and Scott White. Welcome back. I'm back. <laughs> San Fran. Chilly, windy San Francisco. Yeah, why is it cold in the summer in San Francisco? I it's did not water. get a geography lesson, <laughs> but... You don't ask? I wonder. Yeah. I, I don't really ask, no. <laughs> I, I wasn't with geographers. That's part of the problem. Tell us about the baseball game. You went on Monday night. You saw Ian Kennedy against Matt Cain in a big Giants-Diamondbacks game. Yeah, it was a big game. Exciting game. They got a lot of good fans in San Francisco, I have to say. I don't know if that started with the ballpark or if it's kind of grown from the world champion last year, but uh, I don't yeah, need enthusiasm in your voice. You know, he's just like you know. Yeah, he's <laughs> tired. He's tired. You know, first day Jet back lag. on vacation's tough. They got good fans. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Scott. <laughs> You're back. We have to start picking on you again, all right, pal? Fair enough. <laughs> well, here he is. But it was a nice ballpark, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I would like to go out there sometime, but I, maybe I have to go in the winter when it's warm. <laughs> it's, I'm not sure yeah, if it works that it, way. It doesn't work that way. Always <laughs> bring right. a jacket. So it is Social Media Thursday at CBS Fantasy News on Twitter and Facebook.com slash CBS Sports Fantasy. We'll be reading your tweets and your Facebook comments today and follow us uh, or rather email us. You can't follow us at DMFantasyBaseball at CBS.com, but you can send us an email D as in Dice Game, as in Matsuzaka, fantasy baseball at CBS.com. Please put podcast in the subject line. So we have been talking about Jason Kipnis now every day, but I haven't gotten your opinions on him. It's just been me and Al. But he has homered in four straight games, guys. What do you think about Kipnis before we get into the meat of the show? I'm a, a little bit shocked with this power outburst because that wasn't his forte in the minors. He was a good contact hitter. You know, his defense was improving. You know, he used to be an outfielder. But his power, they were saying, like, maybe 10 to 15 home runs per year. Mm, I, I saw him as a little more than that. He um, never did in the minors. I mean, no, you know. His, his, well, I, he didn't have a 20 homer yeah. season, but you look at the at bats breakdown. Um you know, he was a guy who consistently had an OPS in the 850 range. I, I see him being like Kelly Johnson, hopefully more consistent, hopefully yeah. <laughs> with a better batting average. But I think he could have Kelly Johnson-type power. He's going to strike uh, out as so, much as Kelly Johnson? <laughs> uh, hopefully not that either. <laughs> but you never know eh, with the strikeouts. It, it, yeah, I'm sure you to got tell. to see. Did you see one or two Kelly Johnson strikeouts in San Fran, or did he not play in that game? Uh, he played. I know for sure I saw one. Yeah, sure you saw at least one. <laughs> I, I didn't check the box score for that By one. By the way, I said that in my planner this week, sit Kelly Johnson. So yeah. There you go. We talked about that on Sunday, certainly. Uh, Dan Ugla, by the way, 25-game hitting streak, over under 30, guys. I'm going to say under because yeah. I always take the under. I always take the under. <laughs> I'll take 20, 80 caps at it. I can't see him getting to 30 yeah. either. Just not a good enough batting average. Three up, three down. Three players trending up and three trending down. Three home runs yesterday for Casey McGee. On Wednesday, he went off, and he's been on a tear. Only eight home runs this year, but 12 hits in his last eight games, two doubles, a triple, and those three home runs. Still, he's actually available in 34% of leagues. Oh, yeah, he was dropped just about everywhere because the slump seemed never-ending, but like happened with Dan Uglo, we're kind of seeing yeah. the same thing here with Casey McGee. It just, uh, you know... It, He's not as good as Ugla, but he, he had proven himself over the last couple years that there was going to be a period like this eventually. And, and although it's very short, it, it's hard to say this is definitely it. I, I have a pretty good feeling we're going to see a, a productive enough McGee for mixed league use down the stretch here. 
J.D. Martinez is an Astros outfielder. He hit third Wednesday for the first time in his career. He homered, doubled, drove in four. J.D. Martinez is owned in 4% of leagues. Yeah, Carlos Lee needs J.D. Martinez because he lost Hunter Pence, and he's been in a slump ever since. He's not getting any pitches to see. They need somebody to protect Carlos Lee. The hope in it's Martinez. Not sure how his line drive swing is going to work in that ballpark. I know they have the short porch and left. He may not be a power guy, but he hit constantly in the minors. He's going to find the gaps. He's got some speed. He's an intriguing sleeper for the final months of the season, especially if he plays in a favorable home park. I agree. I like Martinez. Uh, he always struck me as one of those guys who uh, the numbers, like Kirk said, are always, were always there in the minors. There, there was no questioning them. But for some reason, he didn't get a lot of love from the pro- prospect towns. Uh, but so far, he, he's, he's proving those prospect towns wrong. Yeah. Delman Young trying to prove people wrong. He's three up number three. He homered twice against Joel Pinheiro on Wednesday. His first home run since June 9th. His slugging percentage is 364. <laughs> He's owned in 59% of leagues, started in 32%. Any reason to get excited about Delman Young right now? I can't. I mean, he's just been so inconsistent and so bad this year that it's just one good game is not enough. Would you take a flyer on J.D. Martinez over Delman Young? I think I would. <laughs> I like his upside. There's more unknown to J.D. Martinez right now. Okay. Yeah. That, that's that's close because there there is... Some known usefulness there in Young, but I, I have a hard time believing and, he's going to be the high-end guy he was last and year. And if he continues to struggle, they just got another outfield back. And Ben, I mean, and Denard Spahn yeah. came off the DL. They're going to have a yeah. lot of outfields. they, they got to find playing time for all these guys. Oh, we're going to talk about Denard Spahn <laughs> in just a little bit. How about three down, three players trending down? Now, the first one's a little interesting. <laughs> Freddie Freeman has an 18-game hitting streak. So why is he on three down? Because I looked at the rankings in a points league. Only an 11, the 11th best first baseman in head-to-head leagues over the last 21 days, despite an 18-game hitting streak. Not enough power from this guy. Last 14 days, he's 17th. However, in Roto, he is the third best first baseman yeah. in the last 21 days. So, Roto, you're okay with Freddie Freeman. Well, head-to-head leagues, what do you think? The, the Roto formula skews batting average more than – I think it gives too much credit for batting average. So, that, that's part of the reason Freeman is up there. But – at the same time, I, I think you're being a little hard on Freeman here, uh, 11th-ranked first baseman. Just to put that in perspective, the 5th-ranked fir- first baseman during that same 21-day stretch, Albert Pujols, has scored 6.5 more points than Freeman during that stretch. So there's, oh, yeah. a, there's a tight grouping of first basemen and at that deep position uh, with as many other players performing well over that same stretch. I mean, 11th best, that's still... But you're that, not. That's still a guy you're starting in every league. Are either, you? Because either at he's first still... base or DH. Yeah, at first base, a uh, first baseman, I'd say uh, the 11th ranked guy, absolutely. And I'm not really worried about the power. The power uh, during that 18 game hitting streak, he has a 10.32 OPS and 9.36 OPS dating back to May 19th. So I, I still think there's enough power there uh, for him to hold up at that position. Um, if anything, I've been surprised by the power this year. No, yeah, and they moved him into the third spot in the lineup uh, with Brian McCann on the DL, so he's getting a little more lineup protection right behind Dan Ugly, who's on a hot streak right now. I'd just like to point out, though, look at it this way, too, for fantasy owners. Let's say he goes one for three on a Monday, and he gets a double and a run. There's three fantasy points right there. He does that consistently during the week, during a seven-game week. That's 21 fantasy points. That's pretty good quality production out of a first baseman. And, And just to underline that point, 
during that 21-game stretch you're talking about, really over the last four weeks, Freeman's scoring output in head-to-head leagues, 34, 10, 28, 25. Those three 25-plus point weeks is only three all season. So this is his best stretch. Okay, I'm sorry. So it should have been four up, two down. Actually, it was very hard for me to find three down today. Some days I just can't find the slumping guys. So I have Angel Pagan as three down number two. 16 fantasy points in week 17. You'll, I guess you'll take that. 13 in week 16, but really he hasn't been great. Uh, he's owned in 70% of leagues, but started in just 43%. What do you think about Pagan? Drop him? Stash him? He's been so hard to figure out because when he came off the DL, Scott, remember he had that three, four week span when mm-hmm. he was just phenomenal. Looked like the player of last year. Then his manager comes out and says, uh, you know, I don't know if Angel Pagan's going to be the Mets center fielder for years to come. You know, they asked him the question. He didn't say that, but he yeah. kind of inferred it. You know, it's hard. To, he's moved him to the leadoff spot. He doesn't like it. They move him down the lineup. I don't know what's going on. He's like David Wright's taking all of his RBI production right now, and he just can't get anything. Uh, w- one point I want to bring up here, he scored, uh, Pagan scored 16 fantasy points last week. Uh, I believe you said, which isn't a great number, but considering he's slumping, it, it, it's pretty good. And, and like Kirk said, that that four-week stretch when he came off the DL, 29 points, 24 points, 7 points, 31 points, 28 points. That's Freddie Freeman type <laughs> stuff going on there with Pagan. So I, I think considering he's batting 240 on the year, you don't think he's really going to hit 240 all season. So I, I think – all things considered, he's been productive enough for you to hang on to him. So yeah, see, I just – I was reaching today. I was reaching. <laughs> three down, number three, Alexi Ramirez, hitting two forty one with one home run, five RBIs since the All-Star break. Are you down on him, or am I an idiot again? No, every White Sox hitter is, seems to be in a slump. <laughs> They're just struggling right now. Shortstop is such a weak position, and Scott may agree with me on this one, that – just because he's having a little struggle. I mean, Chris Young's been awful out of the All-Star break, too, but you're not going to go drop him. You're just going to maybe find well, another you're option. You're not dropping Alexi Ramirez. <laughs> no, I, I just want to know if you were down either. on him. I, no. Go ahead, Scott. I, I want to say I'm down on Ramirez, yeah. but I think this is the point we disagree on. He had that hot stretch earlier, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, I think some people, and, and you're among that group, want to say, okay, he's an elite shortstop. Yeah, but then he follows it up with stretches like this, and and these stretches are what makes uh, puts me in the other category where I say, okay, he's not an elite shortstop. He, he's the guy yeah. who comes right after them, but there's going to be these stretches where you I just, might not even want to start him. I just want to know who are you going to replace with him because it's just hard to find shortstops and third basemen on I waivers, think, you know? Right. I think Eric Ibar is a guy Ramirez owners could have. JJ Hardy. I do like Hardy, um, but his ownership's been going up a lot lately, so I don't know if they can find him. Johnny Peralta, but yeah, yeah. they. They might not both be owned, but they were all guys who were under-owned at the beginning of the season and, okay. and now could get swapped out, uh, swapped sure. in for Ramirez. Right. Okay, the rotation, five pitchers from Wednesday's games that caught our eye. Luke Hoshaver, 4-0 and in his last seven starts, 3-0 and with a 2-7-0 ERA in his last four starts. Michael Herkham wanted to talk about him. Michael Herkshaver, because uh, <laughs> Ho- Luke dominated the Orioles last night, seven strikeouts and seven and a third, one earned run. Yeah. You're going to look, and it's the Orioles, you know, fine. They do have a decent lineup, as we talked about on Sunday. Eh. But the thing is, is that Hochever, they worked with him, and he's finally – what happened was he, they said he was being too predictable. When he was getting in those big innings, you know, when he was doing so well and then just blew up in stars, they, they said Hochever was throwing the ball down and away. They said it came predictable, everyone was doing it. Now they tell him to work inside, and that's worked for him. 
I don't think he was the number one overall pick for a reason. I think finally, with the coaches figure out what's wrong with him, he's finally living up to his potential. I kind of would buy a little coach for it right now. All right. I, I can't disagree with that. I got a chance to watch Hoshaver. I haven't seen him much. He pitches for the Royals. <laughs> I can only watch so many games a night. Uh, he looked good. His stuff looks good. Yeah. I was I was surprised. So I, I think uh, he's definitely someone to keep an eye on. You like it better than second guy in the rotation, Charlie Morton? Morton had a nice start yesterday, seven scoreless against the Cubs. I do. Yeah, I, I think uh, Morton, we've already seen the best from him this season, and, and these starts are going to be a rarity going forward. Charlie Furbish, now a Mariner. Doesn't throw a lot of innings, only five innings, but he sat down the first 13 A's he faced Wednesday. One earned run in those five innings, no walks, three strikeouts. I think kind of like Edwin Jackson, as we saw in his first start with the Cardinals, that um, Furbush, it's just this is, he caught them off by surprise. I think next time out, he may get lit up, or he's not going to continue this. Okay, it was the A's after all. <laughs> Doug Fister, on the other hand, this guy might be under-owned. He's owned in half of our leagues. Seven innings, two earned runs. Which isn't so atypical, but he actually got the win. Four and twelve now. Now that he is uh, no longer a Mariner. Yeah. Three point two nine ERA and his last four starts. I like this. His last four four starts have been against the Rangers twice, the Blue Jays, and the Yankees. Three of the top four run scoring teams in the AL, and he's done well. That does sound like a stat you'd like, being the <laughs> matchups oriented guy you are. Am I? I kind of feel that way. Really? Okay. That's I'll okay. Buy it. I'll I know, buy that's that. okay. It's perfect. I like yeah. the fact that he, he went through a gauntlet <laughs> and did pretty well. No, it, it, it's definitely a good sign. And you go back even further than that. Last eight starts, 291 ERA, six quality starts during that stretch. I, I agree he's one of the more under-owned guys. I generally don't like low strikeout pitchers, but uh, breakout year last yep. year, built, gotten even better this year now that he's on a contender. Perfect. He's going to win. He, yeah. he, he got no <laughs> run support with Mariners. Uh, Hochaver or Fister? Fister? Fister. Rotation spot number five. If you ever <laughs> want to make my blood boil, <laughs> you want to put me in a sour mood, oh my gosh. all you have to do is come up to me and say, A.J. Burnett. That guy, I, I can't, I cannot I watch the called games it anymore. last night. That was my game, and they were up thirteen to one. I said he's going to make this interesting. I thought <laughs> he was going to get the win. I just thought he was going to make it interesting, and he did. Is he droppable? First of all, he's never won a game in August for the Yankees. This is now his third August. Wow. <laughs> uh, he is. Let's see. He's three wins combined after July in his previous two seasons. <laughs> so That's dropper stash a guy who's owned in eighty four percent of leagues only started in half of those leagues. I think eighty four seems high. He is falling apart. <laughs> I mean, he's a lot like Edwin Jackson to me, and Edwin Jackson's not owned in 84% yeah. of leagues. Uh, the Yankees thing helps, but it's not like the Cardinals are yeah. a non-contender. So, you know, a guy... I, I totally uh, agree. I mean, yeah. if you, you got like a Jonathan Sanchez coming off the DL, I'd much rather have Jonathan Sanchez over A.J. Burnett. Uh, it's interesting because one of our tweets or Facebook messages was like, I got Sanchez coming off the DL, who should I drop? I think Burnett might be the okay. answer there. Um, how about Ted Lilly? Ted Lilly, I think he pitched pretty well last night. Would you rather have him or Burnett? Oof. Neither. I, I'd go <laughs> Not with, an option. <laughs> I'd go with Lilly because I, I think if he does turn it around, it could last uh, just because we've seen that from him before. Yeah. But it, they're not great, either of them. We're going to look at the injuries, news, and notes now, and we're going to talk about some players who were called up. Carlos Villanueva owned in 25% of leagues. He allowed eight earned runs in two and two-thirds Wednesday, and now he's on the DL. Um, but also with the Blue Jays, Brett Laurie coming up. Travis Snyder sent down. Again. 
again. again. <laughs> so what's your take on this Lori situation? First of all, Bautista to the outfield now? Yep. Yeah, that, that, that seems like it has to be the case. But he did get 24 games at third base, which Woo! is the big, <laughs> the big relief for fantasy Huge owners. for those keeper leagues. But the thing yeah. with uh, Lori, I just want to – when he before he got to AAA this year, his numbers were just kind of bland for being a top prospect. He went to the hitter friendly PCL and his peripherals went up tenfold. Mm. I'm kind of concerned about that. You know, yeah. when we see that a lot of guys who hit the PCL hit well and then come to majors and do nothing. Hey, you, yeah, you're you're preaching to the choir because okay. I've been the biggest. Uh, take it easy. There. Yeah, take it easy with Brett Laurie. Not that you know he he could come up and and be a fantasy viable third baseman right away. There's some measure of development there too, probably in his improvement from double A AA to triple A. But at the same time, I don't think you can just expect his numbers to carry over and him to be the stud right away. Would you drop Pedro Alvarez for him? No. Uh, that's, I like Pedro Alvarez and he showed last year that he could produce in the majors. Right. But Alvarez is a guy who's kind of stalled too. It's been a little better since he came back up. I think they're pretty equivalent. Casey McGee or Brett Laurie? Ooh, McGee. Yeah, you know, if third base is two days ago. Bad, yeah. Two <laughs> days ago, I, I would have said Laurie, but sure. Uh, well, that's why I games. asked today, Scott. That's, <laughs> that's why exactly. I asked today. Denard <laughs> Span is back. Um, we saw Ben Revere play on Wednesday, but there was an injury situation there as Jim Tomei was unavailable. So what do you think the situation is here? Is it Revere who's eventually going to lose the most playing time? I don't know because – I don't think so. Let me put it that way because he was such a spark plug for them atop the lineup who turned their season around. It was him at the top of the lineup. They have to get him in the lineup. They have yeah, Ron, to find a way. Ron Gardenhire's pretty much said they want to keep him around. As so, yeah. you know, the fact Span didn't get traded to Washington as rumored hurts. I think it's going to be uh, four players for three spots – Scenario, or or maybe three players for two spots: Revere, Tomei, and uh, Delman Young. Rotate them based on matchups. Rotate them based on streaks. So, Revere's not useless, but his value does take a hit. Brian McCann, almost ready to start a throwing program. We'll keep you updated on him. Brad Lidge got the save for Philadelphia Wednesday, but if you're a Madsen owner, Madsen was unavailable. His wife was giving birth, so we will excuse him for that. Shinsu Chu making more progress. He took 50 to 60 swings yesterday. So that's good news. We just don't know what to expect from him, when exactly he'll be back. Is it time to drop Scott Rowland? He will be out four to six more weeks after shoulder surgery. Absolutely. All right, you can drop Mr. Rowland. Al and I talked about David Huff yesterday and thinking he was going to – Get moved from the rotation, but keep an eye on him because he's been really good, but he's been optioned to AAA, so don't keep too much of an eye on him. <laughs> uh, Mike Moustakis was out of the lineup Wednesday. He'll be out of the lineup most likely on Thursday for the Royals. He's adjusting his swing, batting below 200. 42% ownership for a guy who has been really bad. I mean, I get it in a long-term league, but is he worth owning in 42% of leagues? Yeah, again, we talk about third base being such a weak position, and he's one of those guys that has, you know high ceiling. I think this might actually work because I was telling Scott before we went on the podcast here, look what Kevin Seitzer, the Royals hitting coach, has done with guys like Jeff Francoeur, Melky Cabrera, Alex Gordon. I mean, he's found their weaknesses. He's worked with them. I think maybe these days off are really going to pay off for Moustakas. Okay. Um, how worried should A-Rod owners be? You know, I was going to play a game of hold them with him, but... <laughs> Scott's a <laughs> no, big gambler. Let's no, no, Scott. <laughs> 
how how worried do you think I don't, they should be? I don't think you could play his game of Hold'em. I I don't know what exactly your your pay grade is. As here, long as we don't have to pay up front, I'm pretty confident I would win. <laughs> so you know, maybe take out a loan or something. <laughs> it, it's just such a wild story that I, I don't think there there's going to be enough evidence or enough <laughs> enough reason to uh, enough. They're not going to want to invest enough resources, I yeah. think, into really hitting him with anything where he could miss any time, and it wouldn't be this year anyway. So I, I'm not really worried about this. It it's wouldn't just be this kind year? Of, I, I don't think so. No, okay. I, as little time is left, Yeah, I, I don't think so. So spend them now while he's on the DL. <laughs> One week right now. Uh, Trayvon Robinson called up by Seattle, or he will be called up, and he was part of the trade they made last week. What do you think about him? Yeah, I mean, a, another guy that he showed some power, but him in the PCL, again, he's been one of the PCL's leading home, you know, top home run guys. I, he was a top 10 prospect with the Diamondbacks. I think he can play in the majors. I just don't know how he's going to play in that spacious Safeco field. Uh, yeah, with the Dodgers, he and Jerry Sands were often compared to each other. Which one's better? Which one? And, and they both had similar big minor league numbers that people didn't trust. Yeah, I'm not saying Sands is a lost cause yeah. either, but he struggled right away. I could see Robinson struggling right away, but I, I think there's enough potential there too that you definitely should take a flyer on an AL only league. He's a 2020 guy in my eyes too. He has that potential. That's Trayvon Robinson, Seattle outfielder. Michael Brantley has been struggling with a wrist injury lately. He's has been hitting very well. He'll miss the next couple of games. Somebody you're going to want to watch Sunday when you're setting your lineup. Uh, Scott's hitting planner, fantasynews.cbssports.com. More from around baseball, and then we get to the tweets and the Facebook comments. I have a lot of notes here. We're not going to have time for everything, but let's start with Jason Marquis. Owned in 44% of leagues, made his Arizona debut, and seven earned runs on 10 hits and four-plus innings, Herc. Yeah, I don't think his ownership is going to go up that much with the Diamondbacks, but I don't think he was going to be this bad the rest of the time. It was his first start with a new team. He had Henry Blanco behind the plate, not Miguel Montero. I want to see how he does with Montero. Oh, come on. No, Blanco's what a, a great defensive. What a, he is, but it's, it is a thing. You have to get on the same page with your catchers. You've got to know their tendencies. They've got to know their pitchers. Miguel Montero didn't catch him. It was Henry Blanco. Blanco's not going to be catching him most of the time. I, I want to see how he does with Montero. Maybe that'll be I, his personal catcher. So. <laughs> I just think Marquis a bad pitcher. Yeah, come on. He's down he, to, okay, if he pitched well with the Nationals and he's now on a contender. He didn't well, pitch that well with the Nationals. He pitched. He, he had he an ERA under four. That's still pretty good. <laughs> yeah, but he's done it. stuff like that before. He made the all-star team. No, I said his ownership. I don't think he should go any higher, but I don't think he's yeah. going to be this bad. That's the thing. I think he needs to get well, on this. Well, I would hope he's not going to be this bad. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I mean, seven earned on ten hits and four plus. I would hope he's not going to be that bad. Uh, let's see. Let's skip around here. Edwin Jackson. You know, Edwin Jackson is actually surprisingly, Scott, owned in 83% of leagues. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that was a good comparison there with Burnett being well, owned in 84. Both of them are, <laughs> yeah. are coming off horrible starts now. Yeah. He, he threw seven innings to save the bullpen. Right. 14 hits, eight earned. Is another I, guy you could drop? Well, I actually have more hope for Jackson because he's younger and because he's working with Dave Duncan now. Not that Dave Duncan yeah, look at know, ma- makes everybody great, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it, it helps that uh, this is the best pitching coach he's had to work with, oh. obviously. Oh, don't, the... Don Cooper. Come on. Don no, Cooper's Don Cooper's not a bad pitching coach, but Dave Duncan, Dave Duncan is, is like Dave Duncan. They're, they're same. <laughs> look at Don Cooper, how he keeps pitchers healthy. He is a great pitching coach. Well, he yeah. hasn't been this Look, past it, week. It might not work out. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Anthony Reyes comes to mind, somebody who didn't see eye to eye with uh, Kobe Rasmus. Dave Duncan. Eye. <laughs> no, that's somebody else. But 
I, I don't think the Cardinals would have traded for Jackson if they didn't see something they could do with him. Ryan Howard stays hot. Two home runs Tuesday. One more Wednesday. He is, by the way, the 15th most traded player in our league. So people are making deals for Ryan and Howard. And they shouldn't. First of all, he's in Colorado. He loves sitting in Colorado. The Rockies should acquire this guy because he put up monster numbers. But look at his second half numbers compared to his first half. They're always better. He's put up monster number down. You know what his OPS in the second half is in a career? 1.011 for the wow. second half. That's yep. pretty good. Yeah. What's going on with Gio Gonzalez? Six and a third, ten hits, six earned runs against those mighty Seattle Mariners. Four walks, nine strikeouts uh, from Gio Gonzalez. Sixteen earned runs in his yeah. last three starts. He's falling behind hitters, and they know that. He's just missing. They're, they're saying it's minuscule, like he's missing a little on the outside. He's throwing a lot of pitches. That's his problem. They seem to know what's wrong with him. I think he's going to get it corrected. All right. Uh, Dontra Willis or Luke Hochaver? Hochaver. You know, I'm, I might go with Dontrell. Four quality but, starts and five starts this season. See, I'm going to knock down Dontrell because I think perception is better right now on Dontrell than, than Hoshaver. I've, his whip is high. Willis's yeah. whip is high. And uh, it, it just reminds me of the start Andrew uh, Miller got off to with the Red Sox where some guys with similar control issues, they come up, oh, this guy's not so bad, but he's not great either. <laughs> so what eventually happens is he just becomes terrible again. And that's what I see happening. Jonathan Papelbon just wanted to mention, not that it's going to really affect your <laughs> fantasy lineup, but he has been really outstanding since the All-Star break. One earned run, three hits in nine innings. Pretty impressive stuff. Reason they couldn't trade him. Ready for Social Media Thursday? <laughs> you know it. All right. Facebook.com slash CBS Sports Fantasy. And Twitter is at CBS Fantasy News. Facebook is first. Bryce Girardi. And here we go. I have Jonathan Sanchez coming off a of DL, so I need to make a roster move. Some of the guys I have to decide on dropping are Jake Peavy, Andrew Bailey, which leaves me with only one relief pitcher in a league with a flex relief pitcher starting pitcher spot. Burnett or Yolish Chassin? I'm thinking Peavy isn't going to make the cut. Do you concur? So Peavy, Bailey, Burnett, or Chassin? I mean, to me, it's between Peavy and Burnett. I think either one. If you're, if you're more comfortable with Peavy, it's your team. Go with it. Uh, I'm not really high but, on either of those pitchers. But <laughs> yeah, Burnett, I would probably drop over Peavy at this point, but I don't have a problem dropping Peavy either. Yeah. Scott Hooker is next. Mike Leake or Brad Lidge? I've got both, but must release one. Who has the most upside through this season? Mike Leake. Yeah, he's been great. Last to save last night, but it looked like just a one-time thing, and I think it'll s- stay that way. They're, they're stuck with uh, Madsen there. David Pelk, you are next on Facebook. Oswalt or Jonathan Sanchez for the rest of the season? We'll start with that one, and then she's got another question. Oswalt or Jonathan Sanchez? I'm going to go with Oswalt. I know he's been bad. His back is always a big concern. Jonathan Sanchez walks too many people. Oswald is going to, excuse me, Oswald's going to get uh, the run support, and he's been a big second-half player in his career. So I'm hoping he's going to stay healthy and do well. And is it time to dump Hayward for Cameron Maben? No. No, I want to do that. I, I'm not against dumping, dumping Hayward in some shallower leagues, but I don't think Maben is a good enough option. DeAndre Calhoun is our last Facebooker. With Alex Avila and Giovanni Soto on the waiver wire. What? I opted to trade... <laughs> Jurgens for Maurer. Jurgens has been my best pitcher this year. Did I make an error? Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. Uh, I am not a big proponent of catchers. I don't draft them. I just go with whatever is available. I usually do well. Jurgens has just been a 
ace arm for fantasy owners and the well, Braves. But Jurgens has slowed down yes, recently, and, and I think I. I you, I he, think he's going to trend more in that direction. Not that he's going to no. be bad, but I don't think he's going to be an ace. But you'd rather have Jurgens and Avila yeah. over right. Mauer yeah, and Nova. This is, absolutely. This is, yeah. There's a lot of yeah. facets to this question. Yeah, What's Mauer's value in a league where Avila and Soto are unowned? <laughs> True. Is, it a, is it a 16-team league? Is it a team that doesn't start any catchers? I don't, I don't know what's going on there. Uh it, and he's in, a big injury in, in risk normal too, leagues, I would I would take the Mauer side of a Jurgen for Mauer's deal, but with what's going on at the catcher position here, it it might not have been such a good idea. A Vila sure. would be just fine for you. Now on Twitter at CBS Fantasy News, Ken Yoshi, should I drop Morse in non-keeper leagues? No, I don't know if you guys know, but since July first, Michael Morse has the fifth highest batting average in the NL. He's awesome. Oh, of Every course. day. Yeah. <laughs> he's, just, he's awesome. Since he moved to first base. That's, I don't know why. It's been a key for him. So, Mike Furk. You really? Is this, uh... <laughs> it's my distance cousin. <laughs> Mike Herk. Mike Furk. Head-to-head, working on a trade. Who would you recommend going forward, Scherzer, Scherzer or Romero? Actually, I must admit, this is me. I just switched my name a little oh, bit. Okay. I want Scott really to answer this question. <laughs> I would rather have Romero because I feel like he's been more reliable, uh, turned it around in his last start after kind of a couple rough starts. So I like him more. Herkram's kidding. He would never ask Scott for help. He's supremely confident. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Scott told me at the beginning of the season not to draft Pablo Sandoval, and I said, no, I draft him in every league. Scott gives a lot of good advice, too. I know. I'm just screwing. (laughs) (laughs) Scrawn's Mike Donnelly is next on Twitter. Which utility guy should I get rid of? Wigginton, Ryan Roberts, or Daniel Murphy? Uh, You know what? I'm going to go with Wigginton here because Murphy's been phenomenal and Ryan Roberts has 5 million eligibility at every position. Wigginton's been slowing down. I know Wigginton does too, but I like Ryan Roberts here. Yeah, well, Carlos Gonzalez should be back soon, which yeah. would hurt Wigginton, correct? Yeah, they're still going to find a spot for him. They, that's what they do. Third base, south field, first base, wherever. And finally, BHS sports guy. Safe, ooh, I like this one. Safer starter, Verlander or Weaver? Y- you really can't go wrong. I'm going to say Verlander's a little safer. Wait, we had this, we had this discussion before we went on. I say, I, I say Verlander. You say Verlander. Yeah, and I just did it then. Yeah, you did it there. I, I, I was wondering if you were going to catch it. You did. I don't know that anybody would really catch it. You catch Verlander. it, Mike? No, I, really? I, I thought it was fine. Say it again. Verlander. There you go. See, that was better. That, that was better? <laughs> yeah. I, so I who, don't know what I did differently. Who's it going to be, Verlander or Weaver? <laughs> Verlander. Concurrent. Um, you got it. Hmm. And I don't even really have a good reason why. I just think he's a little more dominant. Matchups. How about, can we say matchups? Yeah, well, they, well, no, because the bottom of the AL West No, is, I'm is saying bad. do it on a matchup basis. Okay, fine. If you're really going <laughs> to... See, I don't even know why he's asking this question, because you're not going to bench one of them anyway. All I know is... Is it, is it a trade thing? If it's a trade maybe. thing, I would rather have Verlander. Yeah. All I know is you Verlander. don't bunt... On Verlander <laughs> in the eighth inning if he has a no-hitter. And you don't stare at your home run <laughs> uh, if you're facing Jared Weaver. By the way, who do you like at AL Cy Young? Verlander. Verlander? That, that's probably why. Yeah. Okay. Nick Sheeran is our last, uh, last tweeter. Rank for the rest of the way. Billy Butler, Freeman, Hosmer, Michael Young, Kadair. In a head-to-head points league for first base. Butler, Freeman, Hosmer, Young, Kadire. Ooh, Kadire kind of is the curveball there. I'll go Kadire first. Uh, 
Really? Yeah, he's just been too dominant since mid-May or whatever. Butler has gotten the uh, Kevin Seitzer boostlet recently, so I'll go with him second, then Freeman third. What, about, what happened oh, to Michael Young? Mike Young. Yeah, oh. that's what I was wondering. You're messing me up. All right. By the way, Kevin right, Seitzer's right, right, got right. more pub now than he did ever in his career. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> probably true. Okay. Go over this list again. Here we go. Okay. Young. Yes. Young Agreed. Butler, Freeman, Hosmer, a distant fifth. Young, Kadair, Butler, Freeman, Hosmer. Okay, how about at second base, Kinsler or Ackley next week in a head-to-head league? The Rangers I, home? I, I like Ackley, but <laughs> Kinsler you never bet. Kinsler's like one for 30 right now. I don't care. Yeah. He's entering yeah. Thursday. He's Even also, on his bad he's week, he's the, the number top five three. second base. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does so many other things. He doesn't need hits. Okay. <laughs> then it's time to quick pitch one player in each league to keep an eye on. Scott? Welcome back. You have the honor of quick pitching first. No, wait. It's not because he left. He, I always go second. You guys never put me first in quick pitches. You want to go first next time? No. no all right. N- next time. You're going to complain uh, about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Scott is first. Mike Carp owned in 7% of leagues. I had a good Mike Carp stat. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, you probably had it too. Yep. 357 with two home runs in 14 games since his return from the minors. I believe is the stat. Fourteen RBIs for. in those fourteen games. Yes, that too. All right, and we, we combined. <laughs> right, that turnaround since he came up is worth noting in fantasy because the Mariners seem to have caught on to it. They've started him at four straight games now that Jack Cust is out of the picture. Uh, he's probably going to play. Carp's probably going to play pretty much all the time. You know, Trayvon, Trayvon Robinson coming up, that might cost him some. But but I think both of those guys are going to be more or less regular players. And uh, Carp is a guy who's always had a good OPS in the minors, always in the mid-800s. This year in the minors, he took it to another level, 343 batting average, 21 homers, and only 251 at-bats. Now, he was in the PCL, so... As we talked about with Brett Laurie and Trayvon Robinson, that's something. His stats were probably inflated to a degree, but at the same time, I think he's a guy who can hit for average, can hit for power. Not necessarily seen as a high upside guy, but if he's getting regular bats, he could really surprise. And uh, Ale only pick him up. I could even see him making an impact in mixed leagues. Not a big one, but uh, I could see him being relevant. All right, Mike Carp is first base and outfield eligible. Michael's AL player is second base, third base, shortstop, and outfield eligible. And then Sean Rodriguez was owned 14% of leagues. Yeah, I just want to talk about Rodriguez because ever since Reed Brignac's been booted out of the picture, he's been the guy at shortstop. I thought it was going to be a lefty-righty platoon with Elliot Johnson. Rodriguez has started for like the last two weeks. Uh, he's interesting because he's always been the king of the spring. He's never really produced in season. Maybe with regular playing time, he's going to finally be a guy that is worth looking at. And, of course, the multiple eligibility helps. All right, for an outfield spot then, Carp or Rodriguez? Carp. Yeah, I guess I go Carp. That's big of you, Michael, to not take your quick pitch. <laughs> that was big of you. Scott's NL player struck out 10 on Sunday in his last outing. Juan Nicasio owned in 26% of leagues. And that was the key for him, the 10 strikeouts, because I, I think the last time I talk, we talked about him on here, which you know, with me was – whatever, 10 days ago or, yeah. or something. He had been putting together a stretch of nice starts there, but I'm like, eh, I don't know. He's not getting strikeouts. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm ready to buy into him. Uh, over his last four starts now, 236 ERA, allowed just one earned run over seven innings. That's uh, 
I think three of those four starts, he's gone seven innings now. And he had all those strikeouts. Now, it was it at San Diego, so, you know, maybe it was a little too much too fast. But a guy who throws in the mid-90s consistently, like Nicasio does, should be a strikeout pitcher. So I'm probably already taking a flyer on him uh, just to see if he can keep it going Friday against the Nationals. And then if he doesn't, make a decision on him then. But if you don't have roster space for him yet, you should at least keep an eye on him because if he has another good strikeout game, somebody to pick up in all leagues. And finally, Michael Herkham's NL player. Joe Saunders, eight of his last nine starts have been quality starts, Mike. Yeah, he started in 18% of fantasy leagues, and he's racking up a lot of fantasy points. In his last 11 starts, he's 6-3 and three with a 250 ERA. Opponents batting average in that span, 230. The only thing, this is where Al, you know, Melchior, who does all his great stats, you know, points out, he has a 237 baby in that span. He's been one of the most lucky pitchers the last two months. I understand that. And I understand that you have to be aware of it. But who says he can't be lucky the rest of the season? I just don't understand why 18% of fantasy leagues he's being started in when he's been this good for two months. That that number does seem low. For fly ball pitcher. I'm probably not going to buy into Saunders. No, I know he's a fly ball pitcher, and that's always worried. But they're in contention. He's putting up fantasy points. It's got to be higher than 18% of fantasy leagues that he's being started in. He's owning 33%. So if you own him, eh, you might want to (laughs) start activating him, especially if your league gives points for quality starts. Time for some emails. DM Fantasy Baseball at CBS.com. JJ says, hey, Fantasy Mad Men. I have never seen that show. Have you? No, no I, I heard haven't. it's great. Everybody says, says it's, it's like the best show. Yeah. Eh, maybe, maybe, we should, maybe we should watch it. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Gearing up for the stretch run in my Fantasy Baseball League. Currently in second place in a shallow 6x6 six six Roto League, which uses OPS as a category. I need home runs, RBIs, and OPS. I'm thinking of trading Brandon Phillips. And Jared Weaver for, I'm guessing that's Pablo Sandoval and Mark Teixeira. Pando is what he called him. Pando. Thought he meant Panda. <laughs> I'm thinking of trading Brandon Phillips and Jared Weaver for Panda and Mark Teixeira. Should I pull the trigger? Getting Teixeira and Sandoval for Phillips and Weaver. It's not a bad trade. I just don't know if I would do it because I'd rather have Phillips at second base. I know third base is terrible too. And Teixeira has been great. But Jared Weaver losing him, too. Uh, that's it's, it's tough right. to find a front-line it, starter on the it, waivers. That's, that's losing a lot, and, yeah. and the danger. You're in second place. Uh, you can trade yourself from second place to fifth place or whatever because it's hard to gauge what exactly you're losing in Weaver and, and how much you could risk dropping an ERA and whip. It, it's a dangerous trade. I think it, it's justifiable, but without knowing the exact breakdown of each of the categories, it's hard for me to say yes or no. Greg LeClaire. <laughs> that wasn't very helpful then. No, was it? it wasn't. How about this? What if he has a good second base replacement? <laughs> Is it okay? But how good? He, right. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> the impact on the pitching category yeah. is hard to determine. Okay. Without knowing more. When we yeah, usually but you say know what? keep Look, the email you, short. You finish second in Roto. You it, finish last in Roto. Right, but... If, if you're in, if you're if you're in second place, you're very close to first place, and it might just happen in the natural course of events. Events. This is a dramatic yeah. move. And let, let me point out too that uh, Mark Teixeira went 17 games without a home run before his recent hot streak. So you have to endure one of those again. <laughs> Maybe. Toronto, Canada brings us Greg Leclaire in a standard five by five roto league. Hello, fantasy seventh inning stretchers. What do I do with Mark Reynolds? What do you make of him? Keep him? Trade him? What do you think his trade value is? Uh, if you need a third baseman with power, 
then I suggest yeah. you hold on to Reynolds. But uh, he's he's not any better than he is now, and I think he should be able to continue being what he is now. So it just it depends on need. I these are vague answers, but could you trade these him? Are vague questions. Would you trade him for Casey McGee? <laughs> no, no. Okay. Would you trade him? Well. Definitely not for Brett Laurie then. Definitely not for Scott like, Rowland either. We like McGee better than Laurie right now. And not for Scott Rowland. Yeah, it's yeah. third base. <laughs> you know, stuck yeah. with it. I think so. Good luck. Hey, if you can get Pablo Sandoval, go for it. Yeah, sure. If you can do that. <laughs> the Pandel. Bob is next. 12-team AL only league. Can you project a starter who may be called up from the minors soon who may make an impact? When we read this before the show, we didn't know if you meant starting pitcher or starting position player. But we're going to give you both. So go ahead. Fewer starting pitchers available now. I think Jacob Turner is honestly the best choice. He had that good showing and then got sent back down. Probably going to take an injury for him to come back up. I'm not sure anyone else could make a mixed league impact, though. I like uh, Leonis Martin with the Rangers, uh, Rangers, especially now that Chris Davis is gone. Yeah. Yeah, so if you want a position player, that's my favorite minor league guy right now. But uh, pitcher, all I got for you is Turner. Yeah, I mean, this is just so. I mean, Mike Trout could come back, but you don't know what the Angels are going to do. I mean, it's maybe the same thing, just platoon him with him and Peter Borjos. Uh, I do like Robinson. We talked about him, all right, Trayvon Robinson. Yep. But uh, one guy you can't count on now is Kyle Gibson. He's had an MRI on his elbow. I mean, he made me another guy that needs Tommy John surgery, and he was the guy maybe who could have been in the Twins rotation down the stretch. Did you guys read why Mike Trout was sent to double A instead of triple A? He was in double-A before he got called up. Yeah, they so sent him I back just... down because they wanted him to go to the playoffs. They thought it would oh. be good for his development. The double-A team was going to the playoffs. And I guess they also said the scouts uh, thought there was some very good pitching down in double-A for him to face. I'm, I don't understand why everyone's calling everyone up from double-A this year. Like the Houston Nationals. Like the last five calls have been double-A. Uh, yeah, they I think skipped it's been AAA. more common. <laughs> I, I think Miguel Cabrera was straight from double-A, and Dontra Willis might have been too. Alex I, Gordon. I remember reading about it back then. Yeah, it's become more common. Sam in – I hope I'm right about Cabrera. I hope I'm right about McCann. (laughs) I think I am. (laughs) I know I'm right about Gordon, so. (laughs) Sam in rally. Last email we'll read today. Hey, Fantasy Splits, 12-team, 6 by 6 head-to-head league. We get to keep two players, no restrictions or repercussions for next season. I have Tulo and Longo as my current keepers, but dare I keep – Pablo Sandoval over Longoria for next year. No way. Yeah, I'm a big Pablo Sandoval fan, as I mentioned earlier, but no, you cannot give up on Evan Longoria. Yeah, good call. Thanks a lot, everybody. DM fantasybaseballtbs.com is the address. Put podcasts in the subject line. Next time you hear from Michael Hurcum, his quick pitch is going to be first. At least you remember it. Okay, write it down. Do whatever. Because if you whine on this show, you get your way. Uh, that's Scott that's, now's trick. That's a dangerous <laughs> door to open there, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it for today's show. We'll be back on Sunday with Starter Sit for, what are we coming up on, week 19? Yep. yep. Playoffs are getting close, everybody. Big roster decisions to be made. Make sure you check out Sunday's show. Jeremiah Thermidor is our producer. See you later. Have a great weekend. <laughs>